This is Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. If you drive long haul, short haul, or heavy haul, they're here to empower and inspire women in the trades on TNCRadio.live. So gear down, sit back, and enjoy. Welcome to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy DeCaro. We're a show that works to inspire and empower women in trucking, in the trades, and every profession. We tackle all kinds of topics and work to encourage women to be their very best with informative guests and women who've been champions. I'm Shelley and... I'm Kathy. No topic is not allowed on our rig. We tackle the tough topics along with the not-so-tough topics. And we like to feature experts and celebrities who can assist women in being the best they can be. Personal safety and self-defense are two very important topics today, especially for women who can be vulnerable when they travel alone. There are things women need to know so they're not victims of violence. Nicole Snell is the CEO and owner of Girls Fight Back. She took over the company in 2020 and has continued the mission that Erin Weed started in 2001 to empower women around the world with self-defense education. Nicole is an award-winning international speaker, facilitator, and self-defense expert who's educated audiences around the world, including colleges, corporations, retreats, conferences, and the U.S. military. In July, she spent two weeks teaching in Rwanda, teaching self-defense with Impact Personal Safety Global. Nicole's also the creator of the YouTube series, Outdoor Defense, where she empowers women to hike, travel, and camp alone with simple self-defense skills. We wanted to learn more, so we invited her on the show. Welcome, Nicole. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for inviting me to be here. I am thrilled to share space with you today. Thanks for inviting me to your rig. (laughs) Very welcome. If you wouldn't mind, how about you tell us a little bit about your history and how you got into self-defense and all of this? Yeah, so I grew up in a small town in Southern California called 29 Palms. My dad's a retired Marine, and I grew up in this very small desert town. I always loved being able to go out and explore the desert. That was really one of the only things you could do while you were out there. And so I just had this passion for being outside. I had this passion and this independence about you know, exploring on my own, which I got to realize more when I became an adult and I had a bigger world to be able to explore. And I'd always been athletic and, you know, always interested in combat sports like martial arts and boxing and, you know, traditional sports like volleyball and basketball and running track. But I really wanted to get more into self-defense after, you know, I, as many women, have experienced violence. I am also a woman who has experienced violence in her life, both as a child and in my young adult years. And so I always wanted to know and and educate myself more on what are some things that I could do if I was faced with a situation in the future. And something that really inspired me to learn self-defense more aggressively, I guess you could say, was I had an experience where I was dating someone uh, several years ago And he and I were play wrestling in my apartment and he pinned me to the ground and I couldn't get out of it. And in that moment, even though he was just playing and he was laughing and saying, oh, you know, haha, isn't this funny? In the back of my mind, I'm thinking, I don't like this. I don't like that. I don't know what I could do if this was real. And that's really what brought me to learning more about self-defense and started my self-defense journey. And then when I learned more ways in which I could empower myself to handle a variety of situations, I wanted to teach others because I know fear of experiencing violence is something that holds a lot of women back from doing many different activities in their life. Yeah. And I've always been a stubborn woman and I've always done them. Even before I had self-defense training, I said, I'm just going to do these anyways. I'm going to take that solo trip. I'm going to go on that solo hike. I'm going to try that new activity. Mm -hmm. But when I got empowered with self-defense, I had even more confidence and I felt like I could expand even more. Like I felt even more limitless. And I know this is something that every woman could experience and coming from a survive, uh, coming from being a survivor of trauma and now knowing these skills, it's helped me heal and 
I know that it can have that same benefit for others. And I just want to teach as many women, as many people as possible. You're really opening up so many horizons and bravo for what you're doing for women. You know, it's amazing. There are a number of my friends, I've traveled by myself many, many times, but it's amazing how many of my friends wouldn't do that. Yes. It, it freaks them out a little bit. You know yeah, what? Even me poison. too. Yeah. Yeah. We were just discussing that last night in the shacks here at work because I, man, I've been traveling on my own since I've been 17. I have no oh. problem. Right. Yeah. And I actually, sometimes I prefer traveling on my own because then when sometimes other people that, you know, you get different views and different ideas of whatever. And pe most people don't like it. They, they, they're intimidated. They're like, oh no, what if something happens or, or whatever? They just don't find it um, interesting. But me, no, much rather travel by myself. <laughs> I agree. I also would much rather travel by myself. It's just more, it's more independent. I just feel more free. I can change my mind at the last minute. I don't yeah. have to take into account anyone else's schedule or yeah. anyone else's, you know, interests. Not that I don't like traveling with my friends, but mm. it's also more liberating when I can just do whatever I want, whenever I want. And the self-defense piece empowers me with the knowledge that if something were to happen, that I would have options for how to respond, that I'm not helpless, that I'm not dependent on someone else being able to protect me, that I am capable of protecting myself. And that is where the confidence comes in. It's huge. And that's something that many women lack. I think women are definitely victimized in our society, actually across the world. Yes. And it, it keeps them cloistered. Then they're disempowered, unempowered. And yes. it's so very wrong. Yes. And there's a lot of myths out there about a woman's ability to defend ourselves. And mm -hmm. I mean, there's research going back 30 years showing how effective learning empowerment based self-defense is, but even reading, you know, back 30 years and, and articles that were written by those who didn't feel like self-defense was a good option. You know, it, it was a lot of myths that we still see today, you know, talking about, oh, the women aren't strong enough. Women aren't physically able to do it. And these are all lies. These are just flat out lies and they don't benefit anybody. They don't benefit women actually is what I should say. They don't benefit women to have these stereotypes that limit us and restrict yeah. us and control us. And it's never anybody's fault if violence happens to them. And that's not self-defense is about is that's not what it's about it's not about looking back on what somebody has done in the past it's about giving people choices for the future so that they feel like there are options that they can pick from that work for them as they move forward in their life so that they don't have to restrict their life that they don't have to stick to these these stereotypical rules we often hear like telling women don't travel by yourself or don't wear high heels or don't wear your hair in a ponytail i mean i've all kinds of things in all the years that I've been doing this. And the fact is that learning self-defense can help open up your world in a way that can help you feel more confident in your choices and connect with your body and how powerful you are. Mm -hmm. And that is priceless. What are you trained in exactly? So I am trained in basically adrenaline-based and realistic scenario-based self-defense, as well as empowerment-based self-defense, which operates from a feminist model, which states basically that we understand that violence is the fault of the perpetrator and the perpetrator only. Mm -hmm. And even though we live in a world where violence exists, giving ourselves the tools and the choices to respond to a variety of situations is empowering. So we focus by we, I mean, the empowerment self-defense community is focused very much on verbal skills as well as physical skills. So it's not just punching and kicking and, you know, physical types of resistance, but it's also talking about understanding our worth, knowing that we're worth fighting for understanding how we can set boundaries with the people in our lives all the different types of people, our family, our friends, our coworkers, and strangers. How can we feel more confident using our voice and speaking up for ourselves and taking up space and learning all of these types of skills, as well as learning how powerful our body is and the tools and weapons we carry with us every day on our bodies to be able to protect ourselves can change how we move through the world. What are some of the biggest tools that women have to defend themselves? Oh, the first big one is our brain. <laughs> the brain oh, is one of our yeah. best tools. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm going to say your voice. 
-hmm. Our voice is very powerful. There is a lot of research behind people using verbal resistance to deflect and de-escalate a confrontation and to avoid a physical confrontation altogether simply by using our voice and speaking up because that shows confidence, that shows that we're powerful, that shows that in that moment that we are not vulnerable because assailants are often looking for people they believe are vulnerable and they can consider someone vulnerable for a lot of different reasons. And so by simply speaking up, and you know, saying like, hey, I need you to step back or, hey, it looks like you're following me. I need you to turn around or what seems to be the problem, just addressing the person mm -hmm. confidently can be a deterrent because now it shows, oh wait, this person is aware, they're paying attention, they're not vulnerable, they're confident. And I'm not really sure what else they know because they're not acting afraid. So mm -hmm. maybe I'm gonna go and, and choose somebody else. And of course, my job is to train as many women as possible. So there never is going to be anybody else that they can choose, right? That there's no other target that a perpetrator could choose because we're all empowered with these skills. So you're discouraging them because they figure, oh, this is going to be a hassle. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. They're, they're, assailants are not looking to get injured. They're not looking to get caught and they are not looking to be recognized if we're talking about a stranger for the most part. So anything that can be done that interrupts that pattern of behavior is a benefit to us. And it's like the assailants are using their own tactics to try to get within our boundaries. And so when we can understand what tactics they're using and then employ our own strategies, mm -hmm. then now we're winning. Right now we're using their own strategies against them because we know what they are trying to do. And we now we use our strategies and those strategies are highly effective at deterring somebody and having, you know, getting out of a situation that could have potentially been a physical confrontation. Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors coming up. Industry Movement Trucking Moves America Forward is telling the story of the industry. Our safety champions, the women of trucking, independent contractors, the next generation of truckers, and more. Help us promote the best of our industry. Share your story and what you love about trucking. Share images of a moment you're proud of. And join us on social media. Learn more at TruckingMovesAmerica.com. Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. You know, listening to you talk, um, I've been a victim of violence my entire life, um, like extreme violence. And um, I had tried a few times defending myself uh, and, and, you know, hitting back or trying to, like, you know, ward them off. Mm -hmm. But the, the moment um, is so intense. Uh, maybe it's because I grew up in fear. I grew up in violence. I grew up with being attacked all the time. And the time, the few times that I was able to hit back, I didn't have the oomph behind it, or I didn't mm -hmm. have that, that um, self-belief that I, I could. And it was almost as if I was hitting rubber because when I was being attacked, the rage coming from these men and these big men, the, uh, my my mind automatically says that that I I, I can't win either way, and um, it was very intimidating, like very scary mm -hmm. when you have this beast coming at you, right? And yes. just recently, I've always wanted to know how to, to have self defense, and just recently in the last month here at work, um, we have provided a new gym and we get new personal trainers, and I've been working every day uh, with some personal trainers, and we have. Part of it is a punching bag and kicking. And um, one is where you, you got this big bag and you, you kind of need, you bring your knee up as if you're getting mm -hmm. in, the, in the nuts, right? So, right, yeah. And it, But mm -hmm. it is so empowering to do that. And I don't know what it, maybe it's yes. 50 years of repressed anger, what it is. But man, when I'm punching that bag and I'm I'm kickboxing and I'm hit, I'm, you know, giving the knee thing and just, I'm it, it's it's different than it was when I was being attacked. And all of a sudden, maybe it's because my mindset has changed over the years and I'm empowered myself and I'm confident and I, you know, things are different, but now it's like, okay, now I'm ready. I would love to take a self-defense class and I would love to have someone come at me, <laughs> you know, like not love, <laughs> but just the, the chance to, to get my power back. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? yeah. You know, because I've been victimized my, my whole life. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that, Kathy. And I hope that you know that what has happened to you in the past is not your fault. And the choice to fight back, and it's a personal choice, is whatever it's what is going to work best for you in the moment and it's not a it's not anything that anyone should tell you oh you should have done this or you should have done that because whatever you did that got you to safety that got you to this moment was the right thing to do so I just want to acknowledge that and and say that I thank you for sharing your story with us here thank you thank you you know just talking about it, it still brings tears when i because i reseed in my head like the violence and the the um the feeling of such vulnerability sure. and um yeah. i mean i've been strangled three times to the point of losing consciousness and just you know pinned down and like you said when you were pinned down and yeah. you know he's on me with his his legs wrapped on around my arms and choking me with one hand and hitting me with the other and i'm like oh my like you know i'm seeing stars and i'm losing conscious thinking this is it right <laughs> But uh, by the grace of God, I'm alive. And, but it's still, it's a recurring thought. Um, How could I, how could I have fought back? What could I have done different? But at the time, I don't think I could have. I mean, there there was just, it it happened so fast. Sure. What are the skills, Nicole, that women employ that are easy to think about in the spur of the moment? Yeah. So what I, what I focus on teaching both with girls fight back and my work with impact personal safety is we focus on, we call them like basically the weapons on your body, the hard parts on your body. So that would be things like your fingers, your heel palm, the side of your fist, your elbows, your knees, your feet, things that we can use to strike vulnerable parts on another person's body. So self-defense, how we teach it, how I teach it, it's not about strength. It's not about your fighting an assailant strength with your full strength. It's you're using your full strength against a vulnerable part on another person's body and striking that full force and striking as many times as you need to, to give yourself the space to get to safety. So we keep it. And I, I keep saying we, I keep it very simple. And when I teach my classes, I I use a three-step series that I call the badass basics to teach people because it's very easy to remember three things. It's much harder to remember like 20 or 30 things. And I want to keep it very simple so that if someone has to use this outside, then they can just think through, okay, what, what is available on my body right now and what targets are available on another person's body. And a good one is just the face, anywhere in the face, the eyes, the nose, the throat, any of those spots on the face are places that it doesn't matter how big the person is. If you smash someone up the nose with a heel palm, that's going to cause pain. And it doesn't take a lot of strength in which to do that. Same with Kathy, you were talking about practicing the knees to the groin. That's another great target that I teach as well. Driving your knee up and underneath to the groin is going to hurt somebody regardless of their gender identity. There's no amount of bench presses or squats you can do Mm -hmm. to build up muscle to protect that part of your body. And it's just striking those vulnerable spots with our hard parts of our body to give us the space to escape. Do you Hmm. recommend mace? Or anything like that. Um, I know when I was in college, there was this creepazoid that was <laughs> going. <Creepazoid. laughs> he he was going into the ladies' bathrooms later at night when there were night classes, and mm-hmm. shutting the light off and knifing women. Oh, oh my gosh! It was awful. Really? It was called, oh. Yeah, it was called. He was called the Pierce Hall Slasher, and we had some self-defense classes that the gals in the dorm took. And one of the mm-hmm. things they recommended was putting your keys in between your fingers. Please I don't do that. Do. Don't do Please that. don't do that. Please don't oh. do that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, but did, was there, um, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Sorry. I'll explain why, but I didn't want to interrupt you. Mm-hmm. And, and they basically were saying that we're women, we're strong, we're below the waist, we have more strength in our legs. And if you are attacked by somebody, you try to maybe even gross them out by, you know, uh, crapping your pants, that sort of thing. Yell fire, not rape, that sort of thing. That's also another myth. That's a myth too. That's a myth. Okay. That's a myth to yell fire wow. instead of, or yeah, to yell fire. Okay. Um, yeah. Let's, can we dive into some of that? Oh, I did, absolutely. I, I, yeah. Okay. So uh, the first thing is I would advise not putting your keys between your fingers. And the reason why is if you just imagine it, or if you have your keys with you right now, and if you put them between your fingers, like Wolverine, I call that Wolverine keys. And then imagine <laughs> you close your hand into a fist and you have your key sticking out. Now imagine you were to make contact with somebody with your keys in that position. Where are those keys going to go? 
wherever you're aiming. In, um, well, I'm not into sure, your yeah. hands, back into your hands. Oh, I see. If, if they, I, I see what you're Yeah. Saying. When you okay. make contact with that, those keys are going to cut back into your hand and cut through your tendons and cause blood and pain and a lot of things that you don't want when you're in the process of defending yourself. So, okay. and it also takes some dexterity to be able to do that in the moment. Or I know a lot of women that have been told, like, put it in it as you're walking to your car. But then if you're planning on, if you're putting your fingers, your keys in between your fingers like that, then then the motion that you're going to then probably do is a punch. But punching is also likely to break your hand mm -hmm. if you punch somebody because yeah. punching actually takes some skill. Mm -hmm. And if you punch incorrectly, even professional fighters still break their hands in fights and they're wrapped. So instead of teaching punching, I teach open handed heel palms because there's less likelihood that you're going to injure yourself by doing that. And you don't have to be trained. You don't have to be coordinated. You don't have to be athletic in order to be able to do that. Anybody can do this. We teach this to kids too. Mm -hmm. So an open-handed heel palm is going to cause a lot of pain and also less likely to injure yourself. And so, yeah, that's one of the reasons why I don't recommend people putting their keys between their fingers for a couple of those reasons. Okay. And then for yelling fire, instead of yelling rape, if you yell fire, you're likely to get the fire department if someone actually calls, but who you need is probably not going to be the fire department in that moment. And people run away from a fire instead of running to help in a fire for the most part. Right. And so what we, what I recommend that people do is instead yell, I need help. I don't know this person. I need help. Give people that permission to come to your aid and then okay. yell out what the person is wearing. Call out their clothing, call out their physical characteristics, you know, hair color, hairstyle, facial hair, scars, tattoos, shoes, whatever you can so that other people who are listening are audio are what do we call our ear witnesses are hearing what you're calling out and they're going to be more likely to help identify that person later on. Mm -hmm. And they could also come to your aid as bystanders, active bystanders. If they hear you yelling and saying, you know, I don't know this person, I need help. This person is dressed like this. And that can also be intimidating to the person who's attacking. If now you're yelling very loudly and now people are coming and it's causing attention, that's another deterrent as well. And then you mentioned the uh, mace. Do I recommend mace? Mm -hmm. So I am an advocate for education. I am not an advocate for self-defense tools and weapons. So I don't recommend them, but I also don't tell people not to use them. Mm -hmm. Instead, I want people to educate themselves on the tools. And I basically have three things that I say about self-defense tools and weapons. The first thing is that anything you plan to carry, you have to train with it. It's not enough to just say, okay, I got it. And now it's in my purse and I've never taken it out. I've never practiced getting it out and aiming it at anybody. I've never aimed it. I've never practiced doing it when I'm under stress. So when we are, when our bodies experience stress and our bodies release adrenaline, it affects our fine motor movements. Our fine motor movements are significantly reduced and our gross motor skills are increased because it's that fight or flight mode that's been activated. So unless you are practicing with the tool you plan on using and, you know, things like pepper spray and, you know, other little tools that you have to manipulate with your fingers, those are fine motor movements. You may find that in an adrenaline situation that you are not, the, the object is not responding the way you're expecting it to mm -hmm. because you're under stress and you haven't been training with it. So whatever you plan to use, it's just important you train with it. The first time you pull out your pepper spray shouldn't be when you're in a stressful situation. It's only going to be useful if you can reach it in time. If it's the bottom of your purse, it's not going to be very effective in a, in a situation where you need to get it out quickly. And another thing too, is, is a lot of these weapons are dependent on the stranger danger myth. When in fact, women are 86% more likely to be assaulted by somebody they know. And so yeah. that might be, that might not be a time when you're actually thinking about using one of these tools or weapons. Like we're carrying it in our hands or walking to the parking lot. When in actuality, we might be more at risk from the person who's offered to walk us to the parking lot, you know, to our car, because that's just the dynamic of, of, of gender-based violence, at least in, you know, in our country. And right. gender-based violence is a problem everywhere in the world, but those are the stats for the U.S. And so training with whatever you have is important. Training with whatever you're going to use is important. The second thing is that understanding anything that you bring into a fight can be used against you. Yep. And that's just a realistic 
fact that we have to admit is a possibility. And then if you bring a weapon or a tool into a fight that otherwise didn't have one and you drop it and it gets taken up by the perpetrator, now you're in a weapons fight. So that is just something else to think about. And the last thing that I say about weapons is what I, one thing I try really hard to impress on the people that I train is that you are enough that this idea that we have to rely on other people or other things to save us is taking away our power and that we should be putting that safety and security back into ourselves, back into our body, because we are always with us. 24 seven, we have our tools on our body available. You know, I do a lot of solo traveling and I, I teach people who are solo traveling and solo camping and solo through hiking. And depending on where you are in the country, certain weapons aren't even allowed in the, in California, no weapons are allowed in the back country, in the national forest, in the national parks. And if you travel abroad, it's very unlikely you'll be able to bring any tools or weapons with you. So does that mean that you're not safe if you don't have those things? And that's not the truth. You are still safe. You are still capable of protecting yourself if you need to. And so that is that is the perspective that I have on those things. And again, I'm not discouraging anyone from using anything, but I just want people to be aware of these facts and, and information that they might not otherwise have been presented in any other case. Makes sense. Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors. Coming up. Trucking Moves America Forward, or TMAF, is building a positive image of trucking by telling the story of the hardworking drivers and industry professionals who support the industry. And you can be a part of it. Learn more about TMAF and how you can join and be a part of the industry movement working to build a strong image of trucking by visiting TMAF's website at truckingmovesamerica.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our latest channel, TikTok. Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. Now, you said our first tool is our mind. What yes. are the other tools that are readily available that we can think and use in the heat of the moment? Oh, um, so yeah, like I talked about earlier, just looking at your body and seeing what you have, like what's mm -hmm. available in the moment, your fingers, yep, your hands, okay. your elbows, all, every, everything you have on your body that you think you could put that is something hard, like an elbow or something into a soft spot on somebody else is a weapon. Okay. Certainly situational awareness. I think a lot of people, especially with their cell phones today, just kind of walk around like zombies and they're not yes. paying attention. So a lot of it you can avoid if you really look around you, don't you think? Yeah. So awareness is a big key. When, when people ask me often for like, what are, what do I think is the most important part of safety? The two things I always say is your intuition and your awareness. Those are the two things that are so key to our safety. And oh, intuition is important because I don't know if you've ever heard of the book, The Gift of Fear by Gavin DeBecker. It's an amazing read. I highly recommend it. And he talks a lot about intuition and how it's designed to protect us from danger. But humans are the only animals who ignore their intuition. And a lot of times for women too, we've been socialized that we can't trust ourselves, that we can't trust our feelings and we're yeah. overreacting and maybe we should just ignore it instead of allowing ourselves to really honor those feelings and and make decisions based on those feelings instead of talking ourselves out of it and that's one of the key things i talk about in every session is like let's learn to trust our intuition and i you know i give personal examples i mean i don't, can i share one? Oh, absolutely yeah um i i do a lot of traveling and it was early morning i would say probably 4 a.m i was walking to my car to drive to lax to take a flight to go do a speaking event and I've done this hundreds of times before and I'm rolling my suitcase out to my car and all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, it felt like somebody dumped cold water on me. I had just this instant fear. I had goosebumps all over my body. I was just on heightened alert. My heart rate sped up and I looked around and I didn't see anything. I didn't hear anything, but I will tell you what, I have never gotten into my car faster in my life. <laughs> I yeah. unlocked the car, threw the suitcase in, got in, locked the door, and I just drove away. And to this day, I don't know what triggered that response, but I listened to it 
because mm-hmm. I've yep. learned to trust my body, yep. even if it doesn't make sense, even if it doesn't match up with what I'm seeing, I'm going to trust that feeling because it's meant to keep me safe. Yeah. You <laughs> avoided something there. There may be a perp somewhere you couldn't see. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then the awareness piece is really important too. And I, I try to help people understand awareness as a way for us to acknowledge what's happening in our environment without feeling like we have to be hypervigilant because I feel like sometimes there's that expectation. Well, in order to be aware, you have to, you know, be 360 degrees all around you. And if you're anything less than that, then anything that happens to you is your fault. And that's absolutely not the case. That is not true. And so I like to empower people with awareness as, you know, likening it to driving a car. You know, if you're driving down the street, and you're in the far right-hand lane of a four-lane road, and you see a big garbage truck pull out of a driveway, and you see it, now you have options. Now you can slow down, you can switch lanes, you can stop, you could pull over. There's a lot of different things you could do because you're aware of the problem. Yep. And that awareness gives us power. And in the event where we are not able to avoid the problem, let's say it happened too quickly, our awareness can still help us problem solve and figure out, okay, what are the best options for this moment? Because we're all different people and we're all facing unique and different situations throughout our life. And those situations are dynamic. So my goal is by teaching people these very simple skills that they can then incorporate into their life in a way that works for them is what allows me to help them reclaim their own power. Instead of saying, well, if this happens, you're always going to do this. Cause that's just not the way the world works. And instead saying, okay, here's a, a, a tool full of or a toolbox full of tools, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And you get to pick what works for you based on what situation you're actually experiencing is what I find to be very empowering and what others have said they find to be very empowering because it lets people personalize their safety to what works for them. You know, a lot of people will freeze. Yes. With, with fear. Mm-hmm. And that's one of our biggest problems, isn't it? Because you can't react when you need to. Well, uh, freezing is definitely a response that happens. So there's Mm -hmm. flight, fight, and freeze. And all three of those are very normal physiological responses that people have to traumatic or dangerous or violent situations. And freezing often gets a bad rap. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. Freezing gives us a moment to assess what's happening. There have been people who, whether they chose to freeze or the freeze response is just what got them out of the situation in the moment, that is still what saved them, right? That is still what got them out of the situation and allowed them to, you know, to be here for another day. So freezing is not necessarily a bad thing, but what I am trying to do with the work that I do with girl side back and impact personal safety is we want to help people reduce the freeze response because the freeze response can happen when we're not sure what to do, or we're not sure of the options of what we can do in that moment. But if instead we have something that we know we can pull from information, we can pull from in that moment, then we can shorten that freeze response, still allow it to be there to help us think for a moment about what to do. And then we can move into action, whether that's running to safety or dealing with the situation if that's the only option. Is that the biggest thing you recommend? Get away if you can. I mean, obviously, if, if you encounter yes. someone in an alley or in, in a depot or in an airport in a secluded area, you don't know what the reactions are going to be. You don't know what their intent is, but you know mm-hmm. it's not a good one. What are the best things to do? Well, that's really going to depend on the person and the situation. Mm -hmm. And with self-defense, it's about the best fight is the one you never have to fight. And if we can get out of a situation, if we can recognize, okay, this situation is bad and we can get away, that's the best self-defense. Get away, go into a Mm -hmm. store, you know, just get out of that situation, pardon me, so that you don't have to deal with it, right? You deal with it by getting out of it. That's always going to be the best safety's there. I'm going to go to safety. (laughs) And I've gotten away from situations like that myself. 
and just, okay, I'm just going to head over here and just avoid it. And in the instance where we can't get away, let's say we're, there's nobody else around. We, that we're in a situation where there's somebody here and we have to deal with it. Well, then there is a layer of how we respond, right? We're going to use our intuition. We're going to use our awareness and we're going to use our voice at this point, right? To try to use our verbal skills to establish a boundary and to get the other person to walk away and leave us alone. Because mm -hmm. if I can then use my voice and say, you know, whatever it is, let's say the person, you know, is coming up to me and they are acting really aggressive. And I'm like, Hey, it looks like, you know, it looks like you're really upset. What's the problem? You know, what do you need? I can't imagine what it must feel like to be, to be experiencing what you're, you know, showing some empathy to the person as a strategy, which also humanizes yourself. And it's uh, like I said, it's dynamic. Like you might use a few strategies and the person, how they respond is going to give you information about what you can do next. It's never just a, you're going to do this one thing and it's going to work every time because there's, right. there's no guarantees in life, unfortunately, mm -hmm. but having mm -hmm. a range of skills available. So, okay, you, you said this and they responded. Okay. How do they respond? Okay. Now I'm going to try this strategy. Okay. Now I did this and now they responded like this. So it's, it's a constant adjusting and assessing based on how that person is responding to you. And then you're going to use whatever you think is best to get you out of the situation without having to fight. And then if you have to physically fight, then that's why I also teach those physical skills to help people know that even in a worst case scenario, if you choose to use your physical skills, they're there for you and you can use them. And it's not based on your strength. It's not based on, you know, how big or strong you are. It's about using the parts of our body we know are strong against spots on another human body that are weak and are vulnerable. Have you heard feedback from any of the, your clients that you've taught uh, that they've used those skills, that it was successful? Yes. Yes. I get emails pretty regularly and DMs on social media. I just recently had someone who um, they are, I think they live in Brazil and they had shown some of my videos to their uh, family member and the family member was attacked in a marketplace and she used the knee to the groin and the guy fell to the ground and she got away to safety. And he emailed me and was like, thank you so much. And, you know, my mom is, you know, in her sixties and she never thought that she would be able to protect herself if she needed to. And now she's, she knows, she knows that she can. And we're just mm -hmm. so grateful to you that, that you, we, that we were able to watch this video that she was able to use in a real life situation. I had um, another person who went to one of my college events. And she wrote me back six months after the event and said that she was being followed on campus and she noticed the guy following her. And she remembered what I had said in the, in the class, which is, if you feel like you're being followed, turn around and address the person, look at them, look in the eye, get all your weapons facing them and ask them, Hey, what's the problem? And she said, she did that. She turned around and asked the guy, why are you following me? And he turned around and ran away. So hmm. I have testimonials from my own students and and audience mm -hmm. members and then other groups that I've worked with have testimonials from you know their their participants yeah. and then there's you know like I said there's 30 plus years of research and studies from people who mm -hmm. have you know had a closed uh, a, like a closed participant self-defense class and then followed up three six twelve and you know two years later mm -hmm. to see how people how they felt afterwards and you know if they still felt it was effective and what's really incredible and not not a lot of people know this and I'm always shocked and I, it's why I'm always trying to share this is that a lot of these research studies have shown there's one that Jocelyn Hollander did that it that people the women who took the empowerment self-defense class were 50% less likely to experience violence based on the the control group of those who did not take a self-defense class over the study period. And there's a lot of research that corroborates that information that the skills that are being taught are more than just teaching us how to deal with these worst case scenarios, but the confidence it gives us allows us to live more fully in just our everyday lives sure. as well. Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors coming up. Kathy DeCaro is nothing short of amazing. She not only drives the world's biggest truck as a heavy equipment operator in northern Alberta, Canada, 
She's an international motivational speaker and the author of Dream Big, an autobiography about overcoming a lifetime of trauma and abuse that led to dreams of success. Kathy inspires people the world over to change their lives and improve their self-worth. Her book will change your life. She's passionate about personal growth and believes anyone can change their circumstances and overcome their obstacles if they believe in themselves. Her life will amaze you and seriously inspire you. Be sure to order a copy of her book, Dream Big, on Amazon.com. Industry movement Trucking Moves America Forward is telling the story of the industry, our safety champions, the women of trucking, independent contractors, the next generation of truckers, and more. Help us promote the best of our industry. Share your story and what you love about trucking. Share images of a moment you're proud of. And join us on social media. Learn more at TruckingMovesAmerica.com. Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. Are there some techniques you recommend if somebody comes up from behind you? Because it seems like that's the most vulnerable. They've got you. How do you get away? How do you disarm them? Yeah. So if somebody comes up from behind you, the first thing that I'll say is it's not your fault, right? It's it's not your fault that someone has chosen that moment to come up from behind you. And we're we're not helpless even in that moment that if we choose to use physical skills, there are techniques that are available. And one of the ones that we teach with impact personal safety is we just teach turnaround, just turn around before someone can clamp all the way down hard on you. And you feel someone touch or try to grab you from behind, just try to turn around. Just the force of your body turning can often break the hold. And if not, we teach a variety of techniques and classes that can help people to get out of those situations. But it really just breaks down into, I call it the self-defense formula. Where is somebody vulnerable? where am I strong and add force, right? Nobody can hold all your weapons at once and, and still be able to hurt you. So, and no one can block all of their vulnerable spots at the same time, they're holding down all your weapons at the same time. So in some instances, it may be, we have to wait for a moment. Maybe we don't have anything available to do in that exact moment. And we might have to wait until we have the opportunity, until one of our weapons is free, our arm is free, our leg is free. But we're just holding and we're waiting, knowing that when that moment comes, we are going to attack full force and fiercely. And just knowing that we have that available to us. Is there a typical way that a perp will grab or try to disarm you obviously they they know you're going to be trying to go at them with your hands they'll try to restrain your arms you have to be actively thinking okay uh, i've got one arm i need to get free now what am i going to do i mean mm -hmm. they know you're going to fight they know that they want to get you into a stronghold where you can't get away how do you outthink them and how do you get out of a particular situation that's the most difficult perhaps like being grabbed from behind yeah so i'm glad you brought that up so most perpetrators are not expecting a fight they oh, are really? not expecting a fight yeah no they're not expecting a fight mm -hmm. and okay. they are attacking who they perceive to be vulnerable and they're expecting the freeze response to to kick in and so by teaching the skills that i teach and teaching people really to understand that they're worth fighting for, that knowledge in itself can, can help you feel more empowered in, into what you're able to do. And then when you realize how simple the strikes are, you know, there's a lot of different self-defense, you know, techniques out there and instructors and, and philosophies and perspectives. And what I try to focus on and what empowerment self-defense focuses on is trying to keep it very simple so that people don't have to have years of training in order to be effective at this, that they don't have to be, you know, that you don't need a black belt to be able to protect yourself mm -hmm. and that you can protect yourself even after coming to, you know, a one hour session with me or a three hour, you know, intro class or something like that. And so really when you decide to attack the person, there's so much research and there are a, a lot of personal testimonials of people that have gotten out of a situation simply by yelling 
or mm -hmm. it was one heel palm to the face and the person ran away because that's not what they were expecting. They're, that interrupts their pattern of thought and their pattern of behavior. And a lot of perpetrators are repeat offenders. And so they're expecting things to go a certain way. And when anything disrupts that pattern, then they then, then their risk of successfully completing that crime goes down. And mm -hmm. then that is more incentive for them to disengage. So forceful resistance, be it verbal or physical, has been shown to be highly effective at preventing violence. And there have been people with no self-defense training at all that have successfully defended themselves against somebody simply because they 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 wanted to they they chose to fight in that moment and again it's a personal choice if someone chooses to fight and I just want to make sure that I'm giving people the information so mm -hmm. that that choice is available to them if they want to they have it if they don't want to that's fine and they can choose what any other strategy that gets them out of that situation is valid sure. that makes sense um I know that I personally have avoided a number of situations um being abducted, uh, being mugged by being very verbal. I get very mm -hmm. loud and I also tend to act really crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's whatever works, right? It's whatever yeah, works for you. Yeah. yeah. And I, I Can consider I my, go, oh, go ahead. ahead. No, I, I consider myself lucky, but um, um, that was one of the first things that I did. And in the case of almost getting mugged, the guy thought I had a gun. My hand was in my purse. Mm. I wasn't thinking anything about that. I was thinking, he's going to mess up my new suit oh, that I just goodness. bought. <laughs> and I said, you take one step closer, I'm going to kill you. He thought I had a gun. I did not. But wow. he ran away. <laughs> so I was like, wow, lucky. that's great. I'm so glad. I'm sorry. Well, she's preface that. I'm sorry that happened to you, but I'm so glad you were able to get out of that situation safely. Yes. And like you said, verbal makes a big difference. Kathy, did you have something to add? It looked like you did. No, I was just saying it was, it was funny. <laughs> you don't want to mess up your new suit. That's all. <laughs> that's yeah, that's I mean, awesome. It'd be just, like, don't touch me. <laughs> touch anything but the suit. <laughs> yeah, I was I was going for an audition. I was in Chicago. I just purchased a new suit for the whole thing. And it's like, he's going to mess up my new suit. That costs some money. It's just stupid what goes through your head. But it, it, it incited anger. And I look crazy. So I guess you thought, heck with her. So, yeah. She's having a bad day. I'm not going near that. <laughs> right, yes. Little ball of spitfire there. <laughs> yeah, I've always kind of been like that. But <laughs> if people want to learn specific techniques, do you recommend they go to your YouTube site or go to your website so that they can learn things? Because talking about it is one thing, but actually seeing some of these techniques are going to yes. make a difference. Yes, absolutely. I would suggest uh, going to my website, NicoleSnell.com. And there's links to my YouTube page. I have my outdoor defense videos on there where I, I teach some of the physical techniques. And uh, a lot of a lot of my videos are specific to you know, the outdoors and solo hikes and solo adventures. But the strategies and skills can be used regardless of what industry you're in. You know, I've worked with people from so many industries around the world that I'm, I'm so grateful that I've been able to help them. And then Finding a full force self-defense class in your area, I think would be really effective at, uh, if you wanted to learn more and, you know, enhance what you see on the videos and what you see online, I think that's really effective as well. And then I also travel and provide, you know, seminars and workshops anywhere in the world. So if anyone listening is part of a company or a group and they want to put something together, I would be happy to come out and do, you know, a customized event or, you know, do some training, you know, wherever they are. And what are your websites again? NicoleSnell.com, N-I-C-O-L-E-S, like Sam, N, like Nicole, E-L-L. -L. And then I also have my other website, Girls Fight Back. You can go to either of them. Excellent. I like the name of that, Girls Fight Back. Yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's very yeah. empowering. And we need to have more women and girls knowing that they're not going to have some person keeping them from living their lives. You know, people exactly. like to jog. They, they like to hike. They shouldn't have to constantly be afraid and not do it because they think someone is going to hurt them. And certainly these are good skills, too, when it's domestic violence. Yes. That's a major problem, too. That is a major problem. It is actually the more likely scenario to yeah. experience domestic violence than it is to experience violence from a stranger, even mm. though, you know, both happen. And it's just, it, it's important that people understand like what, where are we placing our fear? And is that the more likely place that we're going to experience it, you know? And there's so many 
don'ts. I call them the list of don'ts that exist out in the world of things that we're supposed to do as women to keep ourselves safe. And the majority of those don't actually keep us safe. In fact, the violence that I experienced both as a child and as a young adult, none of the don'ts would have stopped that from happening. And so all they do is restrict our lives and control us. So I don't believe in don'ts. I, if you want to run at night solo, I mean, more power to you. I used to do it when I was training for a bodybuilding competition. I would go out and run solo all the time. I hike solo. I hike solo at night. I camp solo. I do all these things that people say are so dangerous and women shouldn't do, but I do them because I enjoy doing them. I like being solo. And I know that I have the skills to be able to respond, even if I am experiencing a worst case scenario. So instead of giving people limits and restrictions, I want to give them skills that can help them live more fully without having to think about all of these don'ts and instead live our lives and open up our access to the things that we want to do in the world. That is what I think is the most empowering and one of the most important things. This is so empowering. This this is uh, the kind of information women really need to have. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. I'm so um, grateful that you invited me to be a guest. Thank you. Nicole, I wanted to mention your website one more time in case people hadn't written it down. You said NicoleSnell.com and Girls Fight Back are a good place for women to go to learn more. I love what you're doing. This is exactly what's needed. And I think that there is a lot more fear today with more violence that we're seeing. Yes. And until we live in a world where there is no more violence, I believe that it's a gift to give women the skills to be able to protect themselves against things they may experience in the present. Wonderful. Thank you again for being on the show, Nicole. This is really, really important information. And thank you for sharing you know, it with so many people. This is, yeah, this, it's been so good. It's been really, um, especially for like for me coming from so much violence, it's actually making me think, you know what? I need to take a self-defense class, especially with, with what I'm doing here. And I'm, I'm going to look you up <laughs> when we're done here. Yeah. Thank you so yeah. much. You'll be, you'll be hearing from me. <laughs> I would love Excellent. to. And I hope lots of women contact you, Nicole. This has been terrific. You've been listening to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. If you want to be a guest on the show, or have a topic or feedback, email us at info at tncradio.live. Thank you for listening to another great interview on tncradio.live. And don't forget, be sure to subscribe to our podcast of Women Road Warriors. It's free. All of the material you hear on tncradio.live on our website, our broadcasts, or our podcasts are copyrighted. There can be no distribution without the express consent of tncradio.live and its partners. For inquiries, write us at info at tncradio.live.